From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. Well, and I, I could not agree with you more. They, uh, the, the number of paint lines and the, the, the various types of paint, it can really be overwhelming. And it's really been interesting to see how that's really transpired since, I would say, right around 2010, 2011. That's when really the furniture paint really kind of you started to hear more about it. And um, you know, it really kind of started out where you know, Annie Sloan's chalk paint line was one of the first that we heard about in the United States. And from there, wow, I mean, it has really snowballed. Today, we're chatting with Christy of Chalk It Up. We get to learn more about Christy, her family, and how she got into refinishing. As well, we'll discuss a few of her pieces that will be featured on our podcast page below this episode on thezebrablog.com. Christy has tremendous talent and experience and will share with us how to choose the right type of paint for your furniture piece. We couldn't be more grateful that you have taken the time to join us today. Hi, Christy. It's so nice to have you on our podcast today. I'm honored to be here. Well, we have really enjoyed interviewing refinishers from around the world. Today, we get to chat with our neighbor. Christy, you live in Raleigh, which is just a few hours from where we are located, north of Charlotte. Have you always lived in the Raleigh area? No, um, I actually am originally from Rocky Mount in eastern North Carolina and then moved to Wilmington, um, where I went to college, and then moved to Raleigh from there. So always in North Carolina, but haven't been in, in Raleigh my whole life. Well, now, Rocky Mount, how far is That's really close to the, to the coast, correct? It is about 40 minutes east of Raleigh. And so it's still, it's, it is close to the coast, but it's, I'd say it's approximately two and a half hours. I think we're probably, maybe, I guess it depends on where you go, you know, because we have, you know, so many options, but uh, we're probably about five hours roughly between five and six hours, but uh, still doable. In a, in exactly. A, in, even in a day trip, right? <laughs> exactly. North Carolina is so beautiful. And then, I mean, we are blessed with the mountains, the Piedmont, the ocean. We love the fact that, um, you know, we're only a few hours, as I said, to the ocean, and it's just a short trip to the Blue Ridge Mountains. So Exactly. Well, share a little bit about your family, if you would. Sure. So my husband, Kevin, and I live um, kind of in the heart of Raleigh, and we have two children. We have a little girl that is five and a little boy who is about to turn three. We are both um, small business owners and work from our home and he's in real estate. Of course, I'm a furniture refinisher and we both love what we do and our, our commute to work is wonderful. Um, working from home is, is great. <laughs> you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about rush hour traffic. So we love it. You just can't call in sick and you can't uh, call in that you can't make it to work on snow days, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. And we just love being able to, um, to see our children grow up. You know, we, we juggle childcare yeah. a lot and then we have, we have sitters and they're in preschool and we just love, love being really hands-on with them or we don't have to, we don't have to go far for work. Yeah, you get to have uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner together as often as you like to, right? Exactly, exactly. So what got you into uh, refinishing furniture? So I started um, this business as a side business in it's early 2013. But prior to that, I want to say it was right around maybe 2011, 2012. The furniture paint that I first heard of, as many of us, um, was when Annie Sloan's chalk paint line kind of hit the United States. And um, I dabbled in um, some of that paint and painted a few pieces for our home and just 
really fell in love with it and loved the design of it and loved the the ease of furniture paint. So I kind of started just doing some of my own my own work and then that turned into a side business and um, it was spring of 2013. And then after um, I was in the corporate world at the time and um, after we had our little girl in 2014, um, I went back to work for a few months realized I had a heart to heart with my husband because I realized that uh, my heart was with my side business and with our little girl and um, what would soon be our little boy. That's when I decided to take the plunge from um, 17 years in the corporate world and I traded in my high heels for my flip flops and just started (laughs) it as a side business right here in my garage. So that's how it kickstarted. So no regrets? None. Best decision Mm. of my life. Mm, that's cool. That's so neat to hear that. Now, do you have a creative background? I don't. In fact, I have a um, a business degree from UNCW. And this is really, um, I was just in that corporate world. I was in the mortgage business. I was in a completely different line of work. Wow. So this was really just a black and white move for me. And so, so I've loved it. Kind of just dabbled in a completely different world and fell in love with it. Now, a few years ago, you transformed your garage into a studio shop. I mean, it looks really nice. You've done a good job with that. Uh, it was fun to watch some of the trans transformation take place on Instagram. How has that worked out for you? Well, thank you for that. I um, have had a lot of fun with it. It's kind of a fun story. When I bought this house, it was in 2006. Um, we have a detached garage that's in our backyard, and it was in terrible shape. I mean, I almost tore it down. It, it had been neglected. It needed a roof replacement, the siding, several of the boards needed to be replaced. But it had electricity, and, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to hold on to it for a little while and see what happens. And just slowly over time, just um, worked on repairs. And then when the I started the side business and business started to pick up, I still painted and worked and had a little, a very small staging area in the space. And I always laugh because I remember when I first started taking pictures, I literally was, you know, it was a typical garage. It was, it was dirty. It had cobwebs. Um, I had to, when I cropped my photos to, to share in social media, I literally was cropping out, you know, lawnmowers and power washers. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was not pretty, but I had my little shiplap wall in the corner and um, it's been really, really fun to, to transition it. A couple of years ago, we have an awesome contractor and he came in and um, did some additional repairs and then did some, some fun wall designs and fresh paint and set up my workbench and kind of a small little corner in, in the space that's um, kind of my furniture studio. And then I work mm-hmm. in the rest of the space. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so nice to have your own space dedicated for your business, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Plus, it's kind of away from the house. And so um, little bitty fingers, little hands that come out and want to touch wet paint, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work well. So it, it keeps all of that separate. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it does. Now, how did you know it was time to open up a, a studio, on, you know, like by transforming your garage? Because I think a lot of people, you know, they start off, you know, of course, small and they see it grow just as you did. But, you know, they're probably at that threshold of like now, you know, when should I take the plunge? You know, either build a studio or as you did, convert your garage into a studio or potentially even, you know, lease a place maybe in town. Like how, how did you know it was time to to do that? Well, it was definitely after um, I took it from a side business to a full-time job. And after, really after several months of working in the space, I mean, I just, 
I got busy quicker than I, than I thought I was going to. And so I just needed the extra space and um, I needed the space to, I was, I was storing the furniture and working and, and we were trying to store a lot of our you know yard equipment and um, it just, it just wasn't working. And I knew it was, it was time for me to have space. And I just wanted a, I was at a point where I really wanted just a nicer space for, for clients to come to and, and to see the pieces. And I wanted a cleaner space and I just decided at that point in time, I was ready. So I took the plunge. You have it set up so that folks can come in and shop as well. Exactly. That's fun. I just set up appointments for clients to pop in and they may not have Mm -hmm. a specific piece in mind. You know, they may just want to kind of come see what I have available. And Mm -hmm. I have that, that happen all the time. So it's just nice having a nicer space where people can come and do that. Kevin, fully on board with uh, converting uh, your garage into a <laughs> studio. Where's the lawnmower and the weed eater and all of this? <laughs> well, and it's funny you asked that because this was supposed to be his man cave. <laughs> and so, um, so I took over with that. But we built a small shed in our backyard that now houses um, a lot of our yard equipment. Mm-hmm. And um, we built a, a deck on our house that is, I told him that was his new man cave. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's happy now. He's got his outdoor space. <laughs> yeah, you can't complain about that at all. Nice. <laughs> Everybody, exactly. Everybody's satisfied, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, let's discuss some of your work. Uh, one of your favorite pieces uh, that you mentioned, you know, we featured you last year on our blog, you mentioned that one of your favorite pieces that you did was an ice box and you refinished it for your daughter's room. Where did you get the ice box and was this a big makeover? Believe it or not, it was a Craigslist find and um, I was so excited about it because as you may know, ice boxes are, they're hard to find. Mm-hmm. So when I came across that one, we went and grabbed it off of a Craigslist post and um, it was in fairly good condition, cleaned it up really well and did some prep work on it. It was in decent shape and um, mm-hmm. it's a special piece because it's one of the, one of the first pieces that I ever did. And um, we decided my husband really loved that piece. He loved the ice box and loved the storage that it provided. And so we ended up keeping it. And um, initially when she was younger, we used it as a, as a dresser. And then now it is just jam packed with toys. It's great. There's puzzles Mm -hmm. and Legos and it's still right there in her room. So it's just a special piece that reminds me of really when I first started doing this. What a great job to be one of your first pieces. That's exciting for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, a more recent piece that was featured as a Zebra Weekly pick on our Instagram account, Zebra Painting, was an empire dresser refinished in an antique um, wash. You mentioned a painting technique that you incorporated. Tell us about the piece and the technique. Yeah, so the empire style is one of my absolute favorites. If you've seen my Facebook page or my Instagram page, you'll see I have quite a bit of those. I sell quite a number of the empire style. I love the curves on the legs. And so this piece I painted in a color that is um, from Kristen over at Shacto Interiors, who's one of my favorites. Um, and I, it's the, the prettiest driftwood color and it's called Magnolia Pier. And I'd had it sitting right here on my workbench for months, just trying to find the right piece for it. And as soon as I got that piece, I just knew it was the perfect color. It's the perfect combination. It's got brown and gray tones in it. So it definitely mm-hmm. gives a little bit of a driftwood look to it. And it's funny because I, I finished it and then and then something, I was getting ready to put the knobs on it. And, you know, I just feel like it just needs just a little something extra. And so 
I did a little wash technique that's um, it's really easy to do. It takes some time, but um, I just got some antique white chalk paint mm -hmm. and I watered it down. I mean, it's, there's a lot of water in it. It's very, very thin and watery. And I just took a clean cloth. And like I said, it takes some time because you kind of use some use neat strokes, but um, I just put that little bit of a whitewash um, on the entire piece and it just added a little bit more of that driftwood look to it. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what it needed. It just added added that that little touch of character. Now, were you nervous? You know, I mean, especially if you already spent all of that time painting it and getting it to where it was, and then you felt like it needed a little something extra. Were you a little bit, does that make you a little bit anxious when you, because sometimes you know you can do too much to a piece. Um, there's that fine line. <laughs> totally agree. And I was, I, I can't even tell you how nervous I was. I mean, I did, I did just a little touch of it in a little test spot to just mm -hmm. make sure I liked the look of it. And I did. And then it's, it's fun because once you start with it, I actually liked a little bit more of it than on mm -hmm. that piece than I had planned. And so that's what's so fun about design is sometimes that just, um, you have a certain vision in mind, but then it can kind of take its own life, you know, once you start, start painting the piece. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect example of one that ended up a little differently than I saw in my head initially. Did you explore with the knobs or did you know exactly what you wanted to, to do with those? So knobs are, um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with them and, um, <laughs> I have entirely too many. And what I do really with, with each piece, I knew I had a general idea of what I wanted, but then what I do each time I finish a piece is I really kind of grab a few that I think um, would look good on the piece. And I just test each knob on the piece. And as soon as I saw that one, that's one of my go-to bone knobs. I love it's got little scalloping on the edges. I've used it on several pieces. And as soon as I put that one on this piece, I loved how it looked with the antique whitewash. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I did, I thought, yep, that's the one. But it's funny because I, I mean, with, when I finish each piece, I really spend a lot of time trying to find the perfect hardware. And that takes, sometimes I feel like that takes just as much time as um, it takes to, to paint the piece. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. I suppose it's nice that, you know, if, if you don't like it, you can quickly unscrew them and take them out. Ex but, uh, exactly. Is that, is that one of your favorite parts is putting or picking the hardware? Yes, because I feel like it's kind of like you walking out the door in that great outfit, and it's when you it's when you put on the the jewelry. It's just that mm -hmm. last little touch that that brings it all together. Uh, that's that's really good. Well, this next project was a cedar chest painted in blue, and uh, you left the feet unpainted with a stain. What a beautiful piece, and I believe um, that it's sold. This is no longer available, but uh, tell us about this uh, this chest. So the cedar chests are one of my favorites. I just think that the cedar interior is just, it's beautiful, great for storage. You know, these pieces, they can be used for so many different things. Um, blanket storage, you mm -hmm. know, the foot of the bed, um, toy storage, which is what we use one for in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this piece was... Um, you know, I think you see, you see a lot of that look now where whether it's a chest or a buffet, a china cabinet, you know, you see a lot of the furniture painters who are leaving the wood, the legs exposed or, um, mm -hmm. you know, stripping those down and restaining it. And um, it's funny because a few years ago um, when I first saw that look, I wasn't quite sure about it. And then in no time, I completely fell head over heels for it. And I do a lot of my pieces in that combination where I just think it's just a fun, it just adds so much character for, mm -hmm. you know, the base of the piece to be painted. And then um, to have that fun touch of wood, whether it's on the legs, like the chest you're talking about, or you know, maybe it's the drawer fronts are just too beautiful to paint, or maybe mm -hmm. it's the top of the piece that you want to leave with that touch of wood. I think um, wood just never goes out of style. And so to have that 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 combination i just 
I absolutely love that look. For that particular piece, do you use a lot of wax or do you use a special coating? So it really depends on the piece. And, um, and what I used on that one was I used a couple of coats of furniture wax and then I buffed it out really well so that it has a little bit of a mm-hmm. sheen to it and it's, it's durable. Some pieces, for example, just pieces that are just um, high use pieces, well-loved pieces like dining room tables or kitchen cabinets, you know, pieces that you really are going to, to live hard with. I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to use a mm-hmm. lot and you're going to, um, you know, with, with kids, especially, you know, with dining room tabletop, you've got to make sure that they have that extra punch of durability. And mm-hmm. so I use a uh, clear top coat and I use, I've got a couple of favorites, um, the Chippy Barn. Um, they have an awesome clear top coat. Um, I also love Verithane and um, Polycrylic. Mm-hmm. So those are those are really, really the three top favorites that I use for um, a top coat. And it just adds that extra, that extra bit of durability when you need it. Yeah, I think a lot of folks are concerned that their top coat's going to yellow over time. I know the Chippy Barn, as you just mentioned, that's one of the things that, that they feature is the fact that this top coat doesn't yellow. And I'm sure you found that as well on, on, on the ones you use. Exactly. And it, and it's that's an excellent point because I know um, polyurethane is such an excellent product, but it has an amber hue to it. So mm-hmm. it definitely yellows. And so anytime I'm painting a piece and it's a lighter color, especially white um, or anything that's super light, light gray, anything that's going to show any coloration, the Chippy Barn is has an excellent, they have it in the matte finish and in the satin finish. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it is a non-yellowing. Um, I use it on a lot of my whites. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that one of the, the keys to using that product is that you really just want to, to use super, super thin coats because if the coats get too thin or um, if you have any dripping, that's when some of that yellow is going mm-hmm. to, to start to show. So I think really the key is a good product a non-yellowing product, and then making sure your your coat you use multiple coats that are thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it requires some patience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I tell you, there are so many facets and factors involved in in seeing or creating a piece and and seeing that final touch to it. Uh, with with all those decisions that refinishers have to make, you know, from the purchase decision, you know, do I buy that piece to refinish to what to do to it when you get it into your studio. Do you paint it, stain it? What type of repairs to make? Anything structural to remove or add? I mean, you can go on and on and on to, exactly. <laughs> to the point of like what type of paint to use. You know, there's so many available on the marketplace from chalk, milk, mud, mineral, clay, ceramic base, latex, and on and on. So Christy, you are an expert for sure at this. So we want to hear from you on how you choose the right paint type for your project. Can you share a little bit about that process? Well, and I, I could not agree with you more. They, uh, the, the number of paint lines and the, the, the various types of paint, it can really be overwhelming. And it's really been interesting to see how that's really transpired since I would say right around t- 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. That's when really the furniture paint really kind of you started to hear more about it. And um, you know, it really kind of started out where you know, Annie Sloan's chalk paint line was one of the first that Mm -hmm. we heard about in the United States. And from there, wow, I mean, it has really snowballed. You know, you've got paint line, chalk paint line now from Lowe's and you've got milk paints, you've got chalk paints, you've got, I mean, there's just, there's so many out on the market. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what I have found is that it depends on the look that I want on the piece. Um, For example, um, when I use milk paint, 
Um, I typically use milk paint for one of two looks. One is if I want that chippy look. You know, milk paint is excellent for chippy. It really just chips on you naturally with the, with the paint consistency itself. And then what, um, I, a lot of times I'll use milk paint um, if I want a little bit of a washed look. Milk paint is fun in that it's, once you paint with it, you can actually see some different color variations within the same paint color. So mm. I love that about, mm -hmm. about milk paint. Chalk paint, I have really used from the very beginning. And I think um, that's really where the, the spin came off from my business name, Chalk It Up. I think a lot of people think I only use chalk paint and I, I don't. I use a lot of it, but that's not the only paint line that I use. Chalk paint is, I started out on Annie Sloan and then I started making my own with a plaster of Paris mixture. And then just recently came across a product that I really love. It's a chalk paint powder from BB Frosh that's just super easy to use. And chalk paint, of course, it's just, it's wonderful for furniture because it adheres really well to the existing finish on the piece. Mm -hmm. But what I really love about chalk paint is that it opens it up for, if I have a client that has a specific color request, you know, for example, they come to me and they're trying to um, match the trim work in their home or perhaps another piece that they have in their home or the wall color, you know, you could, you can come to me with, with any paint, paint color information from Sherwin-Williams to Benjamin Moore um, I also love the Restoration Hardware line, Farrow and Ball. I love their color line. You can come come to me with that paint information, and then chalk paint's wonderful because I can take that color and create my own chalk paint and and color match it exactly to that color. And so it opens it up to an entire new world of colors. That's really when I use when I use my the chalk paint that I use now. Mm -hmm. And then another paint line that I love that I just started using a few months back is that ceramic-based acrylic line that's from the Chippy Barn. And they are, um, they are growing their colors. You know, they're always adding new colors. And the paint is, is this creamy consistency that goes on the piece so smoothly. It has such a smooth touch to it. I love using their paint line. Um, it's really just, you know, when you want to go outside of a paint line, if you want to use a, a paint line other than a, you know, for example, the, the color palette from the Chippy Barn, mm -hmm. um, that's when I can go in and create my own paint using the chalk paint powder. Now, you mentioned that uh, clients, you know, will often tell you what color they want on a piece. Do, do they ever tell you what paint type to use? Do you get those kind of requests? Occasionally. I think a lot of times clients may get a little confused about the the paint line versus the sealant. You know, your your final finish is really driven by your sealant, not the paint line that you're using. Mm. And so if I want, you know, a matte finish, for example, or a satin finish or even a glossier finish, that's all determined from the final coats of the sealant. Mm -hmm. And so I do get um, requests. And if, you know, if there's a specific reason for that request, you know, you know, no VOC, you know, no toxins, you know, a lot of times that's one of the things that drives, you know, them asking for a particular paint brand or paint type. Mm -hmm. And I certainly um, am happy to, to meet that request. Which paint do you enjoy working with the most and why? Oh, that's a great question. I've really just mentioned my three favorites. It's really that I love that amulet paint line by the Chippy Barn. I love that smooth finish. I love the chalk paint powder mix because I can just do any color that I want and it goes on very smoothly and then you can you can sand it to a really smooth finish. I really love milk paint too. Milk paint milk paint can be a little tricky. I would just say if you're a beginner, that's probably not the paint to start with. You know, I think you just need a little bit a little bit of experience mm -hmm. with it. You know, you have to mix that 
the powder with water and to get the right consistency. But I absolutely love milk paint. You know, I love it for the reason of, you know, if you want that chippy look, like I said, um, or you can even use a bonding agent if you don't want the chippy and you, know, and you, and you can create a smooth, clean finish. Mm-hmm. And then I love that color variation that it provides. So I think, I I know I didn't answer your question with one type, but those are really my three favorites that that I use. Well, you know, you mentioned the milk paint and and really what it is, is that it is unpredictable. I mean, it's unpredictable. You don't know what it's going to do. Exactly. But that's that's probably an exciting uh, aspect of it as well to see kind of what happens. Now, when you're using milk paint, would there ever be a time where you would use the bonding agent on a portion of it? Have you ever done that or is it just one, usually one or the other where you milk paint the whole thing and just let the chippiness take place as it as it will or have you ever tried to control aspects of it with one specific project where you're using a bonding agent on portion of it I have not but that you could absolutely do that so for example if you just wanted a little bit of chippiness uh, maybe on the top edges of the piece and maybe just a little bit on the legs of the piece, you know, you really wanted to control that, then you could absolutely do that. You know, you could use a little bit of the bonding agent on the the parts that you wanted to keep super clean. And then, you know, you could just, you know, use the paint without the bonding agent for those areas where you wanted it to to chip on you a little Mm -hmm. bit. Well, I think what you said earlier is, is, is really helpful, especially for beginners because of that unpredictability, hopefully they'll they'll be eager to try it once they get a little more experience. Would you also recommend the chalk paint powder for a beginner? Yes. And and I'll make it really clear too with the milk paint. I don't want to scare anybody from using sure. milk paint because I love it. I mean, I, I feel like you just said some of the best advice I was ever given when I started was just don't have no fear. You just dive right in. You can't, you really can't mess it up. You can, you can always go back over it. You can sand it off. Just dive in. You know, that was really the best advice I was ever given. But I would say, you know, if I was a beginner, I would really want to get started either on the, the chalk, a chalk paint line or that amulet paint line from the chipping is very, very user friendly. I would get started with that and just kind of start to get the feel of it and then transition over to milk paint because that'll open up a whole different look mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And, and as we just mentioned uh, earlier on, there are so many different options. I suppose exploring different paints is somewhat endless and exciting at the same time. Exactly. Well, talking to professional refinishers like yourself is so insightful, encouraging, and helpful to our listeners. And I, I believe this episode certainly achieved that. Chrissy, you really provided us with excellent guidance on choosing the right paint type for the job. Plus, it was great getting to know you better. You know, share with our listeners the best way for them to reach you. I am I'm on Instagram at Chalk It Up LLC. And then I'm also on Facebook at Chalk It Up. Those are the two sites that I use for marketing, and you're welcome to message me through one of those sites, or you can certainly uh, email me at chalkitupllc at gmail.com. Well, thanks so much, Christy. We hope you have a great day. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing. <laughs>